you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the League Podcast. Summers in the Neutral Zone. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansen, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hello, Good, uh, hello Dan. I'm looking into your eyes right now. And I, it makes me <laughs> uncomfortable. We were sworn, actually, we had our first, we spoke about it a few weeks ago on the podcast, the voice coach. We mocked Jeff Darlington about listening in on his his voice exercises. If you remember Gold Standard, they sounded like this. <laughs> and then we found out our boss, John Marvel, let us know that same day or maybe two days later that he had just signed us up to meet with Arthur Joseph, who is a renowned speaking coach. Or that that might not be the, the great term for him. He has his own website, actually. Uh, and he kind of created this business of teaching people how to speak. And we had our first sit-down with Arthur today in this very studio. And he meets with a lot of big-name individuals. Big names. I mean, heavy hitters. And now us and Adam Rank. I'm not going to say a word on the entire show today because... It was clear, getting his feedback, that the three of us, and especially Dan, have a lot of work to do. <laughs> no, I, I noticed that he didn't have a lot to say to me. He studied you, Mark. He stopped you several times. And actually, he also said we weren't supposed to speak too much about what happened in the room, so we won't, because the man seemed Sorry. to be, have a, a, a certain level of gravitas that you don't <laughs> want to mess with. But, Mark, you struggled. Let's be honest. Well, I think he, when he, he, he had a few little fixes for me. Then he said, you're, you know, you're fine. Just go about your way. And with Dan, it was like, I don't even, I'm looking at a big lump of clay. We can form something out of this, but where do we go? I don't even know where to begin. Lump, that was the look on his face. Lump being the operative word. You, um, you live in a world of denial. You're a strange man, but I love you. Is that a new shirt? It is newish. Some uh, uh, a guy on Twitter noted that you have your own, uh, what was it, a shirt closet separate from... You know, I saw that yesterday, and I appreciate the guy... Mr. Fancy Pants. I, you want to come take a look at my collection of clothing? It is 
minimal <laughs> and obscenely without space. I, I mean, I absorb maybe one-eighth of our closet. <laughs> um, all right, so today's show, Chris Wessling, as you noticed at the top, you didn't hear anybody say, Hi, Diane. That's what Wes says at the top of every show. What? How would you say he says it? Did you do the whole intro today? I feel like I blacked out during your intro. (laughs) Right when you finished it, I I thought, did Dan do it? Did I? Did he do the whole thing? He did it. He got all the way through. This happens to me in my life. It'll be suddenly 15 seconds later. You should go to the doctor, Greg. And I don't know what just happened. Sorry. Did you ever see that? (laughs) Suddenly that became the listener's issue. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's why I apologize. Did you ever see that Michael Keaton movie? Where he, where all of a sudden he started to have these health issues. Mm. My life, I think it was called. That was the beginning of the end for Mr. Keaton's yeah. career. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what were we talking? Oh yeah, Wesley. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, Diane. What, what were we talking about before Greg hijacked yeah. you in the last minute? Chris Wesley is not here. He is on. Huckapoo's was Huckapoo Island. He's on Tai B Island, Tybee which Island. houses an establishment oh, known as Huckapoo that he spends all of his time mm. at. We actually called randomly on Friday, and he uh, called the establishment, and he happened to be there at three p.m. So that just gives you an idea of what Wes has been doing on his, during his time off. Wes will be back on Wednesday, and uh, we miss the man, and uh, of course his hi Diane. You're that's, saying that's how he sounds. You don't. How would you say he sounds? I'm not going to attempt to mimic his voice patterns, especially after what we've just been through. Hey, Dan. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. Hey, Dan. Thanks, Greg. Well, that's for giving close. It a that was shot, close. At least. Tried. It's close. Arthur Jones would be proud. Okay. <laughs> uh, before, so we got a nice show coming up today. Arthur Joseph. Arthur Jones is the Colts <laughs> defensive end. Excuse me, Arthur Joseph. I thought that's who we met with, the Colts defensive end. Um, our roster reset winners and losers in free agency. We had a post last week on the Around the League page uh we were going to talk about it friday we pushed it to today so we're going to talk about it today and get into that teams that uh did well teams that didn't do so well during the first uh i don't know three waves of free agency um but before we do any of that gold standard how are you a lot of football this weekend so much football seriously i assume you watch how many hours i did it was a disgusting amount of time I took a break to watch some uh, some other sports. Do you have any responsibilities outside of work? Generally not. Um, a few errands every now and again. I've I've relegated <laughs> the social life to very much the backseat, if not the trunk, of my life. Mm. So, and you you said uh, a player on Twitter on Sunday that I recognized as a goalie or a goalkeeper. It was really good. I was what was his name? Really, Tim Howard. Tim Howard knew that guy. Yeah, home run. Big World Cup for him coming up. Yeah. He is the goalkeeper for America. Yes. Indeed. Uh, All right, let's do some news. Let's do it. Rolando McClain is calling it quits once again. Uh, The on-again, off-again linebacker bombed his workout with the Baltimore Ravens last week in which he showed up late and then wasn't able to make it through the conditioning portion uh, and now he wrote in a text to ESPN.com, Seth Wickersham, I'm done. So Rolando McClain, who who improbably has been featured on the Around the League website multiple times over multiple months, despite doing essentially nothing in his career, I think he might finally be out of the picture, right? It's over. This is one of those moments that we come to work for that we'll remember years from now. The minute Rolando McLean sent the text to Seth Wickersham, and it all ended. 
<laughs> so I think we should just take time to reflect on that personally. And yeah, I feel at Wait, one, you did ex- at you one, did trumpet this as like a big story though, like an hour ago. We're, in leading, our we're leading the show with it. <laughs> it's the best we got in the beginning of April. People are very interested in these stories about Rolando McClain. No lie, it was the most read news story on our site last week. Greg, if, if for people that maybe are not uh, aware of the McClain backstory, can you give a Cliff's Notes version? Well, he's, of course, he was drafted, I think it was number eight overall by the Oakland Raiders. Didn't really pan out there. His attitude, his aptitude for picking up the defense. He was always known as a smart guy who really uh, was maybe the smartest guy. Saban coached at Alabama, a huge leader, but it didn't work out for him at the pro level. The Ravens picked him up. That didn't work out. He retired prematurely. Uh, over a year ago, he's been talking up this big comeback, and people were into that. And for some reason, last week he shows up, he's completely out of shape. He shows up late for a workout. The Ravens reinstate him, surprisingly, on Friday, and then we learn this on Monday. What a roller coaster of emotions. Dan's looking at me as though I should. Save me. What, anything else to say about this man? I think it's a warning. It's a, it's a warning type of narrative for uh, the gold standard in his young career. Definitely. Ooh. Not resting on my laurels, nor retiring early. Well, he also, <laughs> Rolando uh, tweeted out today, follow your heart. So that's something to keep in mind, gold standard. Also, yes. Oh, could hashtag, have, that could have been about anything. Hashtag Rolando McLean words of wisdom. <laughs> and one other thing, uh, on a, a, I guess a, a side note. Do you think the nemesis of ESPN.com, Seth Wickersham, think he's like, hey, Wickersham? I'm sure that's Probably come up happened. in his youth. <laughs> Probably happened. Thank you. All right, Jim Thomas of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch reported Sunday that the Rams are, quote, strongly considering finding a quarterback in May's draft. This, of course, is the same Rams who also um, say they are fully behind Sam Bradford as their quarterback, both now and in the future. But if they are strongly considering finding a, a quarterback in May, it makes you think. Well, and then after we wrote this up this morning, Sneed's, Les Sneed, the GM, is back on the air, told what, Mad Dog? He was Earlier on, that he, he was that they back him. XM. He was also on the Rich Eisen podcast this week, which we got to hear a little ahead of time. That's going to be posting on Tuesday. There's some corporate synergy. Wow. And he said That's how you do it. He said Bram- <laughs> Bradford is definitely his guy for now in the future. All right, and they've been saying this. That's been the the consistent party line here for months and months because what else can you say right now? But what we've heard through back channels and it's all over the newsroom is basically the Rams not only would they consider drafting a quarterback higher than some may think. They may even go number 2 with the quarterback position. It's not out of the question, and I don't think that Sam Bradford is on this. T- None of these these guys inherited Sam Bradford. What about his game makes you think long term extension? Nothing. I don't. I don't know why they're talking about two years down the road with this quarterback. Jim Thomas, the St. Louis Dispatch beat writer, and these things don't get put in a basically a one newspaper town. He's the guy, Jim Thomas, who's writing about the team. It's there for a reason. Now, he puts it out there that maybe they're looking for a mid-round option. So a guy that could be an option to take over in a year or two, which is a little different than the Johnny football rumors that have been out there. You're saying 
you know, the Rams have been rumored to be interested in quarterbacks. It's really a quarterback, Johnny Manziel, and this has been bubbling beneath the surface, and I think it's going to be a bigger story as we get closer to the draft. I know Charles Davis, for instance, mocked uh, Johnny Manziel to the Rams in his upcoming mock draft on NFL.com. So this is something that's a little bit of a conversation. It would be, be a lot of fun if this was for real. See, we asked Snead at, in Orlando if there was, when the whole Mark Sanchez availability was bubbling up, he, he shot down the idea of taking a guy high at number two that wouldn't get on the field at any position and play right away. But then you see that they've gone and talked to Tom Savage, this guy Connor Shaw from South Carolina, Taj Boyd, mid-round guys. Yeah, that you know what a guy that would benefit by sitting for a year, and then suddenly you get rid of Sam Bradford's massive salary, locked-in money. Guy is gone. I just don't see Bradford on the Rams two years Brad, from now. Am Brad, I wrong? Yeah, Bradford is now the poster child of what the old rookie wage scale was because the numbers are just startling when you see them. He counts seventeen point six million against their cap in two thousand fourteen. And, um, you know, this was a $78 million contract he signed as a rookie, and the Rams can cut $13 million off their 2015 cap if they release or trade him next offseason. So, He'd only have $3-plus million of dead money if he were released after this next season. I don't think the Rams know. I don't think they're ruling out Sam Bradford being their quarterback in a couple years. Sure. I think they just know they have to be prepared for the possibility that he's not on their team in 2015. If this season doesn't go well, they're going to need to have some sort of options. Oh, and by the way, he's coming off an ACL tear and won't even be throwing until June. Have a nice day. <laughs> it is... As we know, it is silly season in the NFL with the draft. I guess it's less than a month away now. And the Texans, here's an report, interesting report from Monday Morning Quarterback.com editor Peter King, who reported that a, quote, friend of Rick Smith said the Texans general manager likes Buffalo's Khalil Mack over Jadavian Clowney, who's a lot of people assume that Clowney will either be the number one overall pick or go right after that. But I think... The popular thinking is that Clowney is one. Is it possible that the Texans would pass on Clowney to pick another defender? It's hard not to think of our friend Charlie Casserly choosing Mario Williams over Reggie Bush. It's a very similar setup. Who had more hype coming out of college than Reggie Bush? Mario Williams was a guy you did not know about that much going into that draft. And then the Friday night before the draft, I think it was a Thursday night, and the, and the nights are different now. Suddenly we hear the Texans are going with Mario Williams. That, was, that would be what Khalil Mack going number one overall would be like. Well, what about our friend uh, Kevin Costner, who stunned his mm. version of the NFL universe by going linebacker much higher than Sonny people Sonny Weaver Jr. But Costner. wouldn't this, this draft would be day, a by tough... the way, had a good second week hold, relatively. You know, people kept Real, going to draft it, yeah. It wasn't bad. Well, it still hasn't, in two weeks combined, <laughs> uh, matched what Wessling's prediction of the opening weekend was. Or Mark, for that matter. I, don't I think. think it's made about $19 million through two weekends. That's an I had 18.8 okay. over yeah. a two-week projection. That's what I thought you guys had mentioned. Oh, and then, you're, then you see. came back with opening weekend <laughs> sandwiches. Oh. The one difference, though, of course, between the Mario Williams-Reggie Bush situation was that Casserly decided to go other side of the ball. This would be passing one guy that people think has like Lawrence Taylor type talent only to take another defender defender that everyone else seems to think is though while very extremely talented is not in this guy's ballpark in terms of 
natural Yeah, and ability. we have to remember what Reggie Bush was at that time in a period when the running back position, number one, was more valued, obviously, than it is today. But Bush was considered a plug-and-play superstar. And I think it was, was just... It was called like the future Gale Sayers. Right. It was a tough, tough PR sell. This would be a little bit different than that. This would be a tough PR sell, too, I think. And it would show some stones from Rick Smith. I always like it when guys go out of the box and surprise you and just say, we believe in this pick so much, let's do it. Let's drop a little Khalil Mack. Mike Mayock was talking about Mack over Clowney two months ago, so maybe maybe the media and we're just catching up. Yeah, I'm telling you, you should have seen draft day. That was the whole crux of the film. Am I wrong, Mark? No, it was correct. Costner's like, I just want to do it my mm-hmm. way one time. So you would have, in theory, really liked, had you ever stepped foot in a theater to watch at this, no, you would have admired what the GM in no the film did. have I regretted see, not seeing draft day until now. Now I do. I wish I had. Hey, Geno Smith believes he's still the Jets' starting quarterback. The Jets opened up their offseason workout program on Monday. And, of course, the questions were about Michael Vick and whether he still thinks he is the starter. Uh, Smith offered a simple yes when asked if he believed he was the number one guy. And added the comments, with the experience I've gained, I feel like I'm more than capable of being the starter. And Gino, for you know some of the, the heat he got before the draft and even the, the strange airline incident, and he's gotten some, type of, he's gotten some blowback on, on his attitude, but he's always said the right things. He, he faced the media the right way as a rookie, and he's handling this the right way. They asked him about Vic. I look forward to working with him. I look forward to competing with him as well. Blah, blah, blah. Saying all the right things. But he has to understand, and my, my whole viewpoint, and I know Chris Wessling feels differently, I think this is Geno Smith's job, and the question, the only question to me is how long it will remain that way and how much rope he gets if he struggles. I think it's a competition. They say it's a competition, and I don't think you bring in Mike Vick to definitely be a backup. I think it's as much a competition as it was a year ago when Smith had to answer the same questions about him and Sanchez, and you know, it's, it's, it's like you said initially, Greg, weeks ago, this is on Geno Smith in OTAs through the preseason to come in and blow the doors off and prove, yes, I am the guy you drafted. And the thing that tilts it a little bit is the Jets have done a nice job of adding some interesting pieces all over their offense. And Vic, it's going to be hard for Vic to be on that sideline week one, two, and three if Geno's struggling. Ty goes to Geno. So if that's what you're saying, I agree with that. They want Geno Smith I think to the, win this job. I of think, course they do. I think the stack will be. Uh, I think the deck will be stacked against Vic in training camp in the preseason. I think Geno will have to really falter, which he did last preseason, by the way. With little unfair as a rookie to put that against him, but the only reason he won the starting job is because Sanchez got hurt. It was by default. I think if if Geno really you know, crap the bed in the preseason, Vic will get the job. But as long as he, he is okay, I think that he's going to get the chance. And I think a lot of it goes into that was John Idzik's first draft. That was a second-round pick, and I think that matters. See, I, I would disagree on one thing, that you've only got Michael Vick for a season two tops, and you're just going to have him sit on the sideline? I don't, well, I don't think if you name him the week one starter, that means Michael Vick is locked in as a backup. I think all it would, to We're me... We're going to see both of them, aren't we? Probably. All it would promise, would, my thought would be, all it would promise Gino was maybe three weeks. And if, you, if the Jets weren't playing well and he wasn't playing well, we would see Vic by October. Gino answered everything perfectly today. The right mix of confidence, but you know he's not throwing Vic under the bus. But let's see how he's handling it when he gets these same questions next week. And 
all throughout July and August, and this is a story we're going to be tired right. of, of writing about, and that's, that's where it's going to grate on him a little bit. And, more, and most importantly, let's see if he can play, because I'm not even sure if he could actually play the position at this level. Uh, Seems like a factor to consider. Yeah, I mean, and that's going to that's gonna hang over everything, <laughs> whether he's going to make those leaps, because there's been a lot of talk inside that building, and we heard, uh, you heard it again today on Twitter, um, everyone saying how great or how much better he was down the stretch. That's been a little blown up to me as well. I, I think he made strides, turned the ball, ball over less, but this wasn't a guy that had hit a hit some type of Alex Smith. I like to see that from you vein. as a Jets fan. There's a, a little bit of realism here because I keep it real. This guy was here. an occasional massive crash and burn film week to week. You don't know what you're going to get with this guy. Yes, sir. Sorry, Dan. It's just no. I thought you were just agreeing with me for seeing that as well. I'm giving you some credit, but I just I, I still I then don't he pulled know. back no, a little bit. Let's just, you know, Geno Smith, I'm not excited. All right, whatever, Brian Hoyer in the in the pool, feeling this is, great. This is cute watching you guys battle over your lame Did we just spend six minutes talking about <laughs> Brian Hoyer? By the way, and Greg, as you say that, Tom Brady just got older as that was happening. So That's fine. I'm going to enjoy the next probably year better. or two and then stop watching. And Gold Standard, what are you laughing at? Rolando, he's getting older too. Is True. I'm, I'm broken up about it. <laughs> Ronaldo, is that it? Yeah, I was going with Rolando <laughs> McLean. I was just going to let you have that one. All right, so that's it for news. Let's move on to the roster reset, winners and losers. Greg, what? how do we want to start this? How do we want to talk about this? Because I think there are teams that, that jumped out to everyone immediately as winners. The Denver Broncos d- definitely jump out at you. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers jump a- out at you. But is there someone... To you, Greg, that really got better in free agency, and people aren't talking about it. No one sticks out like that, because I tend to believe free agency is a relatively minor part of the team-building process, because really, even the teams that do well in free agency, they're going to get a couple of starters and a couple of other contributors, and it's really more about the coaching and the drafting and the development and everything like that. But one team and we talked about him a little last week, was the Green Bay Packers that I believe is a winner, if only because no one else in that division made a big leap. They're getting a ton of talent back on the field. I like that they picked up Julius Peppers. And I think the rest of the NFC North had a chance to make a move last year, and they didn't do it. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to disagree with that because I, I guess in a sense you want to look at players added, not as off-the-street free agents, but they are getting a completely – you know, new wave of talent back that barely played last season. Their defense particularly looks interesting heading into the year. And I think that, you know, one team to me that got a lot of heat early on and not the good kind of heat was the Raiders and Reggie McKenzie. Greg, you wrote about it in our piece that we have have up on the site. You know, everybody laughed at how the beginning of free agency started, but then all of a sudden you look at what they did, and this is a team with a ton of holes, and all of a sudden they have – filled some of these holes with some veterans that can play. They had to find starters, and they did. They signed more starters by far than any other team. So if you're just looking at nuts and bolts, who got better, well, it was who got better from the worst roster in the entire NFL. I think the Raiders and Jaguars had that title going into last year. I think the Raiders probably had it going into free agency. James Jones is a fine starter. Lamar Woodley and Justin Tuck, between the two of them, I think you get some production. Tuck was a decent signing. Kevin Booth, Terrell Brown, Austin Howard, Donald Penn, Carlos Rogers. Maybe even you throw in MJD and Antonio Smith. Those guys are reserves. These guys can contribute. And if you hit 50% out of those 
10 starters or so, this is a better team. And they're a team I think punched above their weight last year because it was such a bad roster. So I'm giving Dennis Allen a little credit and a little bit of chance to make this team respectable. The quarterback with Matt Schaub is really the one part. It's, Who hard, do you, to, it's hard to get it behind. Who do you think of, of the guys? And, you know, we have James Jones, Lamar Woodley, Justin Tuck, Kevin Booth, um, Austin Howard, Donald Penn, Maurice Jones-Drew, Antonio. So a lot of guys they brought in. Who Who do you think will be the guy that makes the biggest impression immediately? Jones and Woodley. I'll give Woodley a chance to bounce back because he's still in his upper 20s. He's shown he can be a, an elite type of pass rusher. If he's just good across from Tuck, they'll be solid. And I think James Jones has been a guy that's always deserved to have more balls. He's not a number one receiver, but he's got to improve that receiver core a lot. That MJD, Darren McFadden backfield is very intriguing. It could either it could go one or two ways. It could be something that m- makes them like a seven or eight win team or it could be something where we're laughing about it by October. It's a very combustible situation there. You, uh, Mark, added the Baltimore Ravens as your big winner. Yeah, I think there's you know there's some wait and see to some degree, but they went out and you know that offense last season stuck in the mud. I feel like they they had the Super Bowl win. They lost a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, but the offense especially left Flacco kind of vulnerable. The off, the middle of that offensive line had him on the run. He was sacked an inordinate amount of time, second most in the league. I think they've set up Flacco. Their goal seemed to be to set up Flacco for a better season and to force him to not do what he had to do last year when he was throwing 55, 60 pass attempts a game. You get Owen Daniels in there. Now, again, we have to see. The guy could be done. We don't know if he'll even make the roster, but he's shown to be paired with Pitta. That's an interesting couple of tight ends. They add Steve Smith as kind of the possession guy they didn't have last year. And they went out and they got Jeremy Zuda at center. And their center with Gino Gronkowski last year was a big issue. That's three areas, sort of, you know, you add some talent and you give Flacco a chance to, under, I I think, under Kubiak, not be put in a situation where he's got to do everything himself. The running game's still an issue, though. They're still looking for running backs. And in their division, they watched last year's division champion get worse. I think the Bengals had the worst offseason of anyone in that division, losing the coaches and losing some talent and not really being too active in free agency. They almost lost your boy, Andrew Hawkins. No, wait, they did lose him. They what did I, lose what him. What am I talking about? Well, the AFC North, it got to be, of all the divisions, the one that is just purely up for grabs. And to me, the team that... Based on free agency, and I agree with you 100%, Greg, people put too much into free agency as an indicator of whether a team will be good or bad. But the Bucks, to me, did a lot of work here that could make them maybe put them in the direction of being this year's Chiefs, a team with a lot of talent that now um, is some corrective steering here. And getting Darrell Rivas out of the picture was a gutsy move. Uh, they brought in Vernon to replace him, which is a nice fit at a much cheaper cost. You have Michael Johnson, who underperformed last year, but you put him um, with Gerald McCoy, and there's a lot to get excited about. I think Josh McCown is the one guy. It you know, How do you feel about him? Is he that type of quarterback that can sustain what he did last year? I don't well, know. Well, I really think with McCown, number one, he's not going to completely regress and become a disaster because he's been in the league for a long time, and I think some of that experience translated last year. But what the, the Mark Tressman factor and what he's able to do with quarterbacks, we're going to find out the difference when you suddenly take McCown and put him on a completely different team. I think the week-to-week preparation, 
helped McCown become something he's never even been close to in his past. Well, what's the Jeff Tedford factor? He is the new offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers, and to me, he is one of the biggest wild cards in the entire NFL this year. He has not been an NFL coach. He has been lauded as one of the best quarterback gurus of the last 25 years in all of coaching, high school, college, and NFL. People made a list of guys that coached up quarterbacks. Jeff Tedford is near the top of that list. So I have no idea what this guy's going to be like at the NFL. For all I know, he could be the new Mark Trestman. He could be the guy sure. that has some solutions and really is a great quarterback whisperer, and they suddenly have a great offense because the good thing Tedford has is he's stepping into a terrible spot in terms of their offense was awful last year, so anything's going to look like an improvement. I like that you called it the Jeff Tedford factor. It's like a show that would come after <laughs> Temptation Island on Fox <laughs> in 2002. The Jeff Tedford Factor. Sounds like a, a good show, Dan, one that you would probably log on your <laughs> well, television. Well, doesn't, it doesn't have Eric Decker on, so you wouldn't. I, yeah, I, I have that on my DVR. I see episode three of Nice Catch. You've Eric. watched two episodes yeah. of this. Yep. This is taking For a potential you project. Poten- it's now a potential project. It's been project. downgraded to potential wow. project. It was a project that you said was going to be completed I think a week <laughs> or two ago at one point. You haven't seen the show. I, I don't blame you. It always sounded a little bit like a suicide mission. Yeah, and it's, start- it's starting to feel that way, but I wanted to give them one more episode, maybe to the birth of their child, their baby mm. girl, and see if that, Then you're out. Then you're on that train that's out of turn town. around. See if the show takes off at that point, but I'm a little nervous about it. You know what Jeff Tedford also sounds like? Like a fictional principal in a high school show, Jeff. I mean, Jeff Tedford just doesn't even sound <laughs> like, like a real name, or or maybe a businessman in office space, something like. Take that. heart, <laughs> Bucks fans. Hey, Jeff Tedford. <laughs> Damn glad to meet you. Um, good Tedford riffing by everybody. <laughs> Mark, you not so much. You didn't really run with it like I thought you would. You're not really taking the lessons from Arthur Joseph. Uh, he actually, he remember he had that whole segment on Tedford riffing. <laughs> yeah, I must have. Uh, All right, let's move to the losers. That. Sorry, fellas. Nice. Let's move to the losers. I think the Carolina Panthers as a group are all very disappointed, and a lot of people are wondering about their wide receiver situation. So why don't we start there? The Panthers are going from a number two seed, and now it seems like they're going to need to hit on this draft, or there's going to be a lot of doubts about whether they can back up what they did last year and truly build on success. Dave Gettleman, their general manager, had one of the best drafts in the league last year. I, you can't do That's any good. better with the first two picks than, than Star Lotelele, your favorite guy. Star Lotelele. <laughs> and Kwan Short. Uh, so he, he did great last year. He's going to have to do it again. We also picked on, on the Around the League site the biggest holes to fill after free agency, and that's at NFL.com backslash roster reset. And I picked the wide receivers of the Panthers, which seemed obvious, but you could have picked the Panthers' cornerbacks. You could have picked the Panthers' left tackle. They don't have anyone at any of these positions. If the season started today, their starting cornerbacks are probably Antoine Kaysen and Josh Norman? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, does anyone know? Well, and they went out and Zach. did the opposite of Baltimore. It's like you have a young quarterback <laughs> there, and they're taking weapons away from the guy, and suddenly Cam Newton's not the guy that you want to say, you have to go do everything now. We're not going to continue to give you more and more help. We're going to take it away from you. And by the way, four or five position groups have been depleted entirely. 
Good luck with that. And not for nothing, Cam Newton, who's coming off surgery to repair a chronically injured ankle. Just a lot of like black clouds over Carolina right now. I mean, Gettleman has said, and he has been one of the more honest GMs in terms of, listen, guys, we are in the muck right now. A year from now, their, their salary cap situation is much better. He just didn't want to keep them in that place. But this, those fan, that fan base needs to hang on tight because it could be a long year. What a weird team if you just look at them. Their front seven on defense, I think, is the best in the league, and they have five or six premier players there. And then the entire rest of the roster, there's no premier players other than Ryan Khalil and Cam Newton. It's and just a Marvin, black hole. Marvin McNutt, too. Oh, McNutt. Mm. Oh, Marvin wow. McNutt. Good pull. The gold standard. You know a team is struggling when our lads, who I use a lot for depth charts, and it's a great site, just starts throwing in random guys as starters because they have no idea. They put in someone named DeAndre Presley <laughs> as the starter. This is a guy who has been waived four times in the last couple years and has barely ever played in the Not NFL. even a real person. <laughs> DeAndre Presley's mother's ear, ears just perked up while she was listening to this stuff. Um, you know, the Panthers are one team that was double-digit uh, win team that made the playoffs. Really? And how about, it's called a setup, uh, Mark. <laughs> Welcome to class. There's, there's some heat between you guys today. How there about is. this? How about this, Greg Rosenthal? The Kansas City Chiefs, another team with double-digit wins. You say they didn't have a very good free agency. They had a terrible free agency, although I feel like you're only going to me with this one to get back at Mark. Yeah. That you guys have some sort of tension here. <laughs> you're, you're just not throwing it to him. Well, you wrote it. Um, oh, okay. So I thought sense. that probably made more sense. The, our guy, Chris, Chris <laughs> Wesseling, did the math that they lost 6,000 snaps uh, from starters this offseason. Their best signing most impactful signing was Vance Walker. The best player they re-signed, so they weren't even bringing back people, was Hussein Abdullah, a special teamer, essentially. They lost tackle Brandon Albert, John Asamoah, Tyson Jackson, Dexter McCluster, Kendrick Lewis, Jeff Schwartz. These guys aren't superstars, but they were starters, and you have to replace all of that. And by the way, you still have some problems in terms of wide receiver, other positions that they haven't filled from last year. I believe in Andy Reid, though. I can. I think that uh, you know, with him with him at the helm, I think they'll be able to. F- they they know what their roster's about, and I think the draft they'll be able to plug some of these holes. And I don't. I uh, loving the way their offense looked by the end of last season. I I I don't. I'm not worried about the Chiefs the way I'm worried about the Panthers. Yeah, but except that everything broke well for them last year. Right. It's fair. They had the, a fantastically easy schedule where they played what a backup or a third string quarterback five weeks in a row or something like that's. People are going to measure this year's Chiefs based on what happened last year, and I think they may be a better team with a worse record. They, they feel like a team that's very much in transition, not a team that's returning from a playoff spot and is an established team. They're more like a typical team that's go, only going into year two of a new coach and a new GM mm. that have a lot of players coming in and a lot of players going out. Mark, my friend. Yes, sir. Why don't you throw one out there, a team that regressed here? You know, the one that came to me is the Dallas Cowboys because, A, now I understand that they couldn't go out and hand to Marcus Ware the kind of money he could have made on the open market, and they couldn't even pay his salary. They had to let him go, and that, that's business. But you are saying goodbye to uh, arguably maybe one of the best defensive players in, your, in the history of your franchise. You also watch Jason Hatcher walk out the door, and in return you get 
Henry Melton, who is a quality player but coming off a major knee injury, so there's some question marks there. You have Jeremy Mincy as a defensive lineman that you signed. The only other addition you have, and honestly probably a bigger name than Mincy, not for his accomplishments though, is Brandon Whedon, mm. who Loofer. if they have any anything at the position, he won't be on the roster come opening day. Dallas, for all the much ballyhooed nonsense about the fact that they need to be on TV 10 times a year, great outfits, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> great Listen, outfits. I'm tired. Outfits. I am tired of Dallas. And Jerry Jones is under as much pressure as the Panthers or anyone else hmm. to knock it out of the park in the draft because this defense got worse. They have a chance. The Cowboys have a real chance to go in the tank if they don't have a good draft. I agree with you. I mean, they've been a team that's been sitting at 500 year after year after year, and now it seems like they've hit some real adversity potentially. I don't know what's gonna, what direction that franchise is going. They're right not now. even a trendy pick anymore. No. Maybe that's good for them. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't know. I, another bad thing for them this offseason, Dynasty Week on NFL Network. And it was just a reminder to everyone <laughs> that that's the last time the Cowboys were any good and Jerry Jones wasn't picking the players. And since then, they are essentially the Jaguars and the Browns. That That is what the Cowboys right. have been. I mean, they've been more in the mix, but they, that's about how many playoff wins they've had. One playoff win. But America wants to continue to watch them <laughs> seven t- Sunday or Monday nights a year. Great quarterback, I, though, I, right? Yeah, I also feel like we talked about this all during the season, I feel like, on this podcast. But the Dallas Cowboys, love or hate them, they play in a lot of entertaining games in those primetime matchups. And there's that you a difference hate. between an uninspiring 8-8, eight and eight, which, yes, they've been uninspiring. But you're right, three years in a row, they're in a Sunday night game that decides the division. But it's are tiresome. they over-marketed? And under-delivering, yes, that's what they are at this point under Jerry Jones. And I'll throw out a team that, you know, this is the opposite, almost the opposite of the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are always in the spotlight, <laughs> whether they earned it or not. The Tennessee Titans, to me, are the flattest team in the NFL right now. There's, there's just no sizzle there right now. And this offseason, to me, nothing was done that makes me more excited to, to about the Titans or, or would make me think the fan base is more excited. Chris Johnson, they decided to let him go. I understand financially that made some sense, and he has been in regression statistically. But now, you know, you're asking a lot of Sean Green, and, you know, what are you really expecting out of De- Dexter McCluster, who they signed? Uh, they gave up on Kenny Britt, which, again, I can't really disagree with. It was the right time to do it. But who's going to fill that void as a guy that – you know, once was a, a potential big-time playmaker for them. Uh, they also lost uh, Alteron Werner, who's a big loss for them, and now there's, it leaves a huge hole in their secondary. So that's another team that's going to need a big draft just to kind of hope to have some hope going into the they new season. They bore you. They bit you, are, you are bored by the Titans. I would say that's fair. It's a fair point that they are teetering towards the type of team <laughs> that starts losing tickets. Sales. Did you just try to use the a word that begins with T like 22 I don't times? Know. There? No, that, just, <laughs> that was impressive. That was just natural alliteration <laughs> by the Tennessee Titans. I, look, they, uh, they're they a team that people aren't going to renew their season tickets if this goes for another 6 and 10. You're right. They're vanilla. They're, there's nothing. If, the, what if, if they Jake go Locker out, doesn't look good. What if they go out and add a Johnny Football type guy to the, the mix? Is that a death knell? Does he never, or we never hear from again, him again because it's a, an excitement vacuum? No, that would be great. It would be better if he went to the Jaguars than if he went there. I, that's my ultimate fear. I've said that when I was on the Damashek show last month. My, I love Johnny Football. I'm excited about the Johnny Football era. If he ends up in those stupid uniforms 
playing at Everbank Stadium and Shad Khan is, you know, waving a banner. I'm just going to be really disappointed, to be honest with you. I want him to go somewhere. Tennessee's not a lot better, though. I want him in Cleveland, Mark. I want Cleveland him in Cleveland. I'd sign up for that. In Tennessee would be interesting. You could call him Johnny Nashville. I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like that? <laughs> you know what would have made them a lot more relevant? If they had signed Golden Tate. Oh, oh yes. That would have been a lot better. That is call a, back. a callback. I know everyone who big Gold Standard fans, that was his big prediction at the start of free agency, <laughs> his sandwich gambit. It did not work out, though. Sad. Very sad. Where are both the big uh, Gold Standard fans living? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think they're actually stuck in the Internet. They don't have a physical location. <laughs> Do you have more followers from this podcast than from NFL or – just from your soccer music. I got a, I got a ton of them from you guys, definitely. Oh, um, I don't know. I don't really have the analytics in front of me right now. <laughs> Let's get that up <laughs> for the next five guys. All right, so that's it for uh, looking back at free agency. As we now really, in earnest, we're looking at the draft. That's it. Uh, can we put free agency in the rearview mirror? I'll ask you, boss. We have squeezed every last drop out of free agency <laughs> possible. It's time to move forward. You sure? Because we could still talk about the Carolina Panthers a little bit well, more. We, we joke, but this this article we talked about was people were loving it. People started a lot of conversations, a lot of buzz around the country about winners <laughs> and losers. Where are your agency. analytics on that? It's true. It's a true fact. All right, good. <laughs> uh, before we go, it, you know, we called Wes at. What is that place called? Cooters? Huckapoos. 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 It is not Huckapoos Island. It's Tybee <laughs> Island. It, it actually would be awesome if it was if they renamed the island after Huckapoos. It'd be an exceptional. It is branding. spelled multiple ways on their website, which I like that it's mysterious. And Wes did send a, a short video uh, via his iPhone last night of the bar in full bloom on Easter Sunday night. Um, some bad, I guess, reggae type music playing, and bad. a bunch a bunch of silver haired. Uh, men and uh, women hanging out, just enjoying the the town and the and and the bar. It just seemed like a really nice place to be. You make it sound like a hangout for elves. <laughs> I don't know. Silver-haired men and women. There, there was are, there were some younger people there, I believe. There are five uh, right? different spellings, which is actually hard to imagine that that's possible. But there are five different combinations here when you Google. That's them. for SEO purposes. They they have an <laughs> SEO manager that's ahead of the curve. Hey, so we were thinking Wes is supposed to be on a plane right now. At least that's what the ticket that was sent to him via email, sending him back to California from Tybee Island. But just you know, just to make sure, why don't we once again reach out to Huckapoo's? And see, maybe you know, if Wes is there, maybe he missed his flight, maybe he didn't. We'll just make sure. Just a little check-in on him. We care about the guy. Gold Center, can you get Huckapoo's on the line? Yeah, let me dial him up right now. There we go. Steps up. How you doing? Is Chris Wessling there? Oh, uh, he's not. Oh, he's not. Uh, this is Dan Hansis with the Around the League podcast. We were just seeing if uh, Wes had a good time when he was visiting. Oh, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure he did. Okay, good. Well, we just want to thank you guys for taking care of him while he was home. Absolutely. All thank right, you. man. Later. Sounds like a guy with business to handle. It sounded like a guy that wasn't really interested maybe in getting into the nuance of Wes's <laughs> visit home, but still delivered the pertinent information. Or he's such a big fan of the podcast that he was starstruck and he didn't know what to say. You know what I mean? Like, wow, that's really Dan Hansis on the line. Mm. He, he, I don't know. I feel like he threw down that receiver pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I'm sick of you using my bar as a prop for your stupid podcast. Felt that way to me. In I got theory, that. Theory, we're giving them a lot of, you know, publicity. Huckapoos. I don't know if anyone can just drive over. You know, most people listening mm. can't just drive over from Australia to go check out Huckapoos. You know what I'm saying? You could take a boat though. <laughs> I think someone needs to tweet at us with a Huckapoos picture if they get out there though. Ooh. Oh yeah. There was an good. Austrian fellow that. Went all the way to uh, Georgia to go to Huckapoo's based on the podcast. That's a great. That's a great idea, Zach. If anyone that has ever listened to the podcast ever goes to Huckapoo's, please send us your picture and we can collect those. I think call we can the, put that on the board. Yeah, too. call it like the heavenly ground of the ATL podcast. If you ever get there, <laughs> you make sure you document it. It is. It's pretty much our Jerusalem. That's that's good though. That's good. That means Wes is on his way back, and he will be sitting in the chair directly to my right. On Wednesday, when we're back with another edition of the Around the League podcast. But until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off for the Sizzler, the Boss, and the Gold Standard behind the glass. See you. Back Tash. Back Tash. <laughs> Let me start it over. That's ridiculous. <laughs>You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.